0: About 30 years ago, a very interesting and sharp debate played out in the pages of the journal Tradition. A rabbi doctor, Arthur Silver, musmach and doctorate holder from YU, published an article titled, May One Disinherit Family in Favor of Charity. His question was, can you give your whole estate to charity instead of your, your family, your heirs, Can you give part of your estate to charity and part to your family? doesn't matter what kind of heirs exist. Brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces, etc. So what does the Torah have to say about this? He published a long and detailed article analyzing a number of sources on this topic. And and his conclusion was as follows. With the exception of the Eter, the Ramah, and some later rabbis who base their opinion on erroneous interpretations, the great, so he was dismissing the Rama and later post him, like Ramosha, uh, he, he, who, who base their opinions on erroneous interpretations, they're wrong, he says, the great majority of our sages do not permit the immediate heirs to be disinherited in favor of charity. The vast majority of sages make no distinction between children, other family members. Uh, there is some difference of opinion as to whether you can give part of your estate to charity and part to your family. The Rambam, the Torah, and the Shulchan Aruch, and some later poskim insist that everything be left to the family. There's strong proof from the Gemara and the Mishnah, he said, you shouldn't give anything to charity in your will, of your estate to charity. Some poskim say you can give part of your estate a half or a third. So he says, but even this, even this kula that you can give part of your estate to charity, this only applies if one makes the decision on one's own no sage or decisor allows any outsider rabbi lawyer accountant charity agent friend etc to try to convince or advise one to live any part of his estate to charity <coughs> attempting to convince a person to do so is not the jewish way he says the, their job is to try to give him persuade him to give up to 20% and not more than that and a person some posts many post-com say you shouldn't give anything to your anything in your in your estate to charity some can say you can give a portion and nobody should try to convince you to give any, any to give any amount of your estate to charity. This is what Rabbi Doctor Silver wrote and argued at some length in his in his article in 1994. In 1995, in a subsequent in a, in a, subsequent, uh, in a subsequent letter to the, in a letter to the editor in 95, there were several letters responding to this article. One of them is by Rav Herschel Schachter. I assume this is Rav Herschel Schechter of YU. His, his, uh, his, his, his position is not given. The, the letter is signed, Herschel Schechter, with Rabbi in parentheses in front of it, New York, New York. No, no institutional or, or professional qualifications are mentioned. I'm assuming this is uh, Rav Schechter. He was very, very upset about this article. He wrote, This paper is seriously flawed. It's important to point out several of the grievously inaccurate statements, lest the author's conclusion be mistakenly taken as authoritative. He critiques uh, you know, numerous aspects, some trivial like you know, citation errors, and and some some more substantial. He uh, he argues that the, the uh, on the substantial issue about giving money to tzedaka, he writes that giving tzedaka is an old minhag, it's a well established minhag to give tzedaka in your will, and he says that that that, that it's clearly the minhag and it's clearly the halakha that we do give money to to in a will, and then he concludes with uh, with this stem winder. He writes. As a postscript, I feel that it is highly improper for such an essay to make its first appearance in English in a popular journal. Tradition is or Schechter's idea of a popular journal. One who wants to reject the views of some later rabbis who base their opinions on erroneous interpretations and come to a conclusion that totally contradicts the orthodox tradition of the last several centuries. He should have written it in Hebrew, submitted it to a scholarly Torah journal so that it can get peer-reviewed by other tlumnih chachamim. One gets the impression that the author had already made up his mind the matter uh, On the matter before he went through the sources, he therefore seriously distorted several of the major quotations. You can't totally disinherit one's relatives. There were different traditions about how much you can give, how much you have to leave them. I do not at all see why it should be improper to encourage someone to follow this Jewish tradition, What should be emphasized. It's pro- prohibited to pressure older people who are weak in mind and body to do so against their wishes, but it's certainly appropriate. It's not at all improper to encourage people to give to tzedakah. He says, Rabbi Silver, uh, Rabbi Silver, response to Rav Schechter, the letter by the distinguished Reversal Herschel Schechter, he said, his, his article contains misinterpretations of his statements, internal inconsistencies, his interpretations of many of the texts are based on untenable minority viewpoints. I found nothing to challenge any of my conclusions. Okay, so we're not going to get into all the back and forth of this debate. Tonight we're going to study several tshuvas, several of the central tshuvas on this topic, is it appropriate to give money to tzedakah in your will when you plan your, in your estate planning? And if so, how much? What is this based on, and what are the positions of some of the classic postkim? There are several Gemaras that deal with, this, deal with this topic. And how to interpret these Gemaras, of course, is where the debate starts, the debate among the later postkim. We'll begin with a tshuva, uh, the tshuva of Rav Achai Gon, in, the, in his Sefer Sheiltas. The, the Sheiltas to Rav Achai, known as the Shealtas, typically, is, ha, has a serious claim to being the earliest post-Talmudic work of Torah, the earliest, the earliest written work of Torah Shabbal after the Talmud, one of the earlier gaonim. It's in the form of Shealtas. they are questions, or they're, they're basically essays, or you know, topical essays on, on all kinds of uh, halachic topics. He has one on tzedakah, and he writes that he goes through some of the rules of giving tzedakah. Then he says, "But what's the right thing to do if a person wants to give money in his person wants to give money for tzedakah? Are there any limits?" A person, sa- person consults us and says, "I would like to dispose of my property to give it to tzedakah." How much is he allowed to give? Do we tell him don't give too much, or can he give whatever he wants as long as he's doing it on his own, as long as we're not making him do it? And if we say he can do whatever he wants, what do we say about in his will when he dies? Even if we say that uh, he should not give too much when he's alive because, because we're concerned that he become financially destabilized, does that apply when he's dead? Does that apply when uh, a, a, uh, a post-mortem bequest? How does that, uh, how does that, how, does, it, does that apply? Are there, are there any concerns with giving any arbitrary amounts of money in your will? So he says, Brichmeh de Kutchu Diyov Lanu Araisa, blessed is Hashem who gave us the Torah Mitsvasa, I demoshera bainu, la lafa labe basisrel. So barak Hashem he gave us the Torah, the Torah has answers to these questions. <coughs> so what is the answer? So briefly, the, his conclusion is as follows. He brings a well-known Braissa that says, Hamavazves alivasve mi chomesh. In general, a person should not give more than a fifth of his assets to tzedakah. Because we're afraid that he may, that, that that may destabilize his financial position, and he, he himself may eventually become an ani. However, he brings a gemara that says that's only when he's alive. When he's dying, when when, when he makes a bequest to take place after he passes away, that's different. And he brings a story. It's a gemara in Kesuvos. The gemara says Marukva. Marukva was a great tzaddik. He used to be involved in tzedaka, and it says that when he would, it says that when he was dying, he said. Let me see, let me see my, my accounts, let me see what I've done with my money, let me see what I've accomplished in this life in terms of tzedakah. It said in, it said in his accounts that he, gave, that he had given 7,000 dinri saryani, a certain kind of dinar, he had given 7,000 dinar. Sounds like a lot, but he said, that's it. He said, Urcha, Rechiko, Zvad and I have a long journey, and my provisions for this journey are, are meager. I've only given $7,000 dinar of tzedakah, I, I need to do better. Omar, so he, he, he made a, a he, made, he, he bequeathed money to Tzedakah, he said, Havu tilsa give a third of, the, of my nechasim to poor people. This is the Sheldas' of a third, this is a girsah that most postgames don't have, we have, others have the of a half, our girsah is a half. He said, Havu tilsa laanye, give a third of my estate to Aniyam. The Gemara says, what about the rule, Hamavazveh, Zalyevazveh, Yosemichomesh, you're not supposed to give more than a fifth to tzidaka. Hanimili Mekhaim. Avla Misa Tilsa. The way the Shiltus understands the Gemara, there is a limit, la Misa, but the limit is a third. That the limit is higher. It's more than a fifth. It's up to a third, the Khait The Shiltus is widely understood as, as maintaining that you're that there is still a limit. Even when a person is dying, he shouldn't give away his entire estate. The limit is one third. This is the position of the Shealtos, it may not have been seen, it, it, it didn't really enter the halakhic tradition until relatively recently, you know, there, there were people who studied it, Rabbi Berlin and the Nitziv, but the Shealtos was kind of uh, in a little silo, it, it wasn't really mentioned by the Beis Yosef, and uh, wasn't really mentioned by the Beis Yosef and the major poskim. so this was the Shealtos, that so we understood the Gemara, that the Mount Baruchva gave was a third, according to his girsa. the Gaonim we usually say have authoritative texts and authoritative traditions. But in, in his understanding of the Marukva story, Marukva gave a third. And again, the story that we have, whatever the number was, the way we have the story, he just said that's how much he gave. But it d- didn't say that was a maxim or anything. It just said that the It just said that, that he decided to give a third. He decided to give, he decided to give, according to Argyrs, a half or a third, or whatever it was. And uh, and the Gemara said, how can he do that? Well, because the said it's different, less one by The rule of Chomish, doesn't apply Lachar Misa. According to Agir, so we might have understood, there's no limit Lachar Misa. He chose to give a half. He could have chosen more or less. The, the, the Shiltas understood is a limit. Just the limit is not a fifth. The limit is a third. So there is a limit, even even in your, even in your, even in your estate planning, there is a limit, but the limit is higher than it is when you're alive. According to the Shiltas, the, the limit is a third. One of the most important chuvas on this topic was written by the Chassam Sofer. The Chazam Sofer was asked about. The Chazam Sofer has several chuvas about the rules of inheritance. In other words, the rules of inheritance uh, apply on several levels. There are rules about who gets Yerusha, If a person dies intestate, who's Yerush's property? Sons, daughters, cousins, etc. And there are other rules about if a person is making a will and, and is giving away his property, Al what's the right thing to do? The, the, there are various gemaras which indicate that there are other gemaras which we'll discuss soon which indicate that a person is not supposed to give money arbitrarily in a different arrangement than that of the Torah. The, there are, in particular, there are two other Gemaras, which the Chatham Sefer is going to be dealing with, that indicate that a person should not go around simply rearranging his estate as he sees fit, but he should follow the, the rules of the Torah, one in Baba Basra and one in Ksuvos. In, in Baba Basra, the, the, the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara brings a, the Mishnah says, that if a person disposes of his estate, and he does not leave anything for his sons, also, it works, it's valid, he has the legal ability to do that. The Chum are displeased, the Chum say he is not doing the right thing. The Chum say he's not doing the right thing. The Gemara has a discussion whether this applies even to a son who is behaving improperly, who's uh, not a Tzaddik, who might be a Rasha. And the Gemara brings a story. Yosef ben Yoezer had a son who was not Noe Kishura. Discussion in the postkin what it means he wasn't Noe Kishura, but somehow he was uh, an inappropriate son. Now, he had a fortune. Yosef ben Yoezer had a fortune. He had an Ilisa de Dinri. He had a large quantity of coins, Come, He gave it all to Hektish, He donated it to the temple to take it away from his son. So the Gemara brings brings a question: Was he right? Was he wrong? The Gemara goes back and forth. The Gemara, the Gemara at the end, of the, the, the Gemara says it's not conclusive. It's not clear whether the Chum approved of what he had done or not to disinherit his son by donating his fortune to Hektish. Eventually, the Gemara says, "My Havi Allah Tashma, I'll bring you a raya, a, a, a statement of the Amar Raim Shmuel or Yehuda. This is a very important st- Memra, you should not get involved in and in people who transfer the estate away from the proper heirs, from sons, from any heirs perhaps, to other heirs. Even if they think they're doing something good by taking the estate away from a bad son to a good son, certainly if someone takes it away from a son to a daughter, a person has the legal ability to do that if he wants. If a person writes a will, he can, he can, he can dispose of his, of his estate as he wishes. But it's not the right thing to do. It's called avore achsanta. And you should not get involved in that. That is against the, the rotson of the hachamim. So the Mishnah said that if you cut off your sons, if you disinherit your sons, Ein rocham noche imenu. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda, you shouldn't get involved in this. The Rambam says it's, the, the, it's a, a person shouldn't be an aide or a dayan in such a case. That's based on another Gemarang Suvis. The Gemara and talks about this idea that, uh, that 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 talks about this idea that, that a person shouldn't get involved in such a thing because it's a Vuryach Santa. So it says that the it says it, the so the the the, 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 the Gemara brings a story about this, about Lotabah Santa, that a person a, per, a, a person a person should not that, that, that a person should not a person should not get involved in such a thing. The Gemara makes an exception. The Gemara says a person is allowed to give his daughter a dowry, to give some of his property. A person is allowed to give some of his property to his to his daughters because it's a mitzvah to help him get married. It's a mitzvah to give him dowries. But aside from that, and even that is limited, only a tenth of his estate. Eastern nechassim. More than that, he shouldn't do, and the and you shouldn't force him to. You shouldn't put pressure on him to do it, and the. And uh, that that it's 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 not appropriate to put pressure on somebody to do it, and it's uh, and it's uh, and, and to give more than to give more than an Eastern nechasim is not appropriate. So there is there is a mitzvah, there is a dispensation to give an Eastern an Easter nechsi, but not more than that. In earlier times, this was what was done. In the late medieval period, there was the custom of writing a shtar chazi A person would a rich man would give his daughter. When she got married, he would give her he would give her a, a, a document that said that she and her husband would inherit a portion of his estate upon death. And the early can justified this. Uh, the early German posthum justified this. Uh, the late we showed him. Early I him justified this on the grounds it's like the dowry. In the Tamachazal, they gave an actual dowry of cash or assets. In the, in the medieval period, they, they, they would give a sort of will. They, they, they would give a guarantee. At, at, when, when a girl got married, they would give a guarantee that she would inherit some portion of the, of the father's estate, and they justified that in a variety of ways, but largely based on, the, based on this Gemara, that there's a heter to give a certain amount of money for a dowry to help the daughter get married. Later, postkim argued, it's not our topic tonight, but later postkim argued whether this applies to our kinds of wills, which are not made at the time of marriage, they're made, the father makes them at some other point in his life, and he wants to include his daughter's. Later, Postcom argued whether the same Heter applies. Some Postcom said, no, the whole Heter is that, at, that while she's, when she's getting married, you can give her money to help her get married. to Give her a dowry, give her a dowry equivalent of uh, putting her in your will when you get married as mutter to help her get married. But if she's already married, now, now you're writing a will? She's married, she caught a husband already. Why do you need to give her a dowry anymore? You don't give her anything. Other Postcom said that, that the Heter still applies, either because it promotes shell and bias in the couple if, if he thinks that his, if he knows that his wife is bringing him an inheritance or because, of Zalman HaChemir Goldberg says, because when he marries her initially, he's doing so because he anticipates being included in the will later. So the same heter of uh, helping her get married still applies. There are other heteron for putting daughters in the will. The meaning is we put daughters in the will, whether it's because of this reason of dowry or not, but the meaning is that we do it. But the, the Gemara does say, the Mishnah of the Gemara says, that in general, there is a problem with taking money away from heirs. Now, there's a question whether that means totally disinheriting the heirs, if you leave them something, is that enough? How much is tzedakah different? These are the questions that we're going to discuss tonight. So let's see the tshuva of the Chassam Sofer. So the Chassam Sofer was, was one of the first major post to engage with these questions. And he writes as follows. He says, Yikrasu Higiani, I got your precious letter, and the letter from your excellence. You have a question for me. Al-dvar nixi echad she'en Laban. A certain rich man has no sons and he's writing a will and he wants to give most of his money, he wants to establish a Karen Kayemis, some kind of endowment. He wants to establish some kind of permanent fund, Ludvarim Tovim, that most of his money is going to go for some kind of charitable foundation. And a minority of his estate, this is what Bill Gates and a bunch of the billionaires have signed, the giving pledge that they're going to give virtually all their money away during their lifetime. Are you allowed to do that? Is the talmud chacham allowed to do this? Because it says in choshem mishpat based on this gemara that you shouldn't get involved in helping somebody dispose of his estate in a way that's contrary to din Torah. Says the chasam Yes, there is such a din. Gemara and baba Basra. The mishnah says And that's no In that sugya it says that it applies whether you give your money to a hediyot whether you give it to hektish. It is all it is all problematic. A person shouldn't be giving away his money to... A person shouldn't be disinheriting his children and giving money to Heknish. Furthermore, he says, in the Gemara and in the story of the, of the dowries, in the story about the dowry, he says over there, even a part of your estate is a problem. Why? Because the Gemara over there says that the... the Gemara over there says that that the only hatter is what Chazal said. The only hatter is to give the dowry. He said that... Uh, he said that if, if I'm going to cause him to give to give extra to beyond what the, what the heter of the dowry is, the chas himself claims that the, the, it's evident from that story that without the, this, the particular heter of the dowry to give more than that, to, get, to give any other amount that isn't sanctified by that custom is Usr. even though you're not giving it all away, even though it's only a, a part of your estate. It's Usr. The, 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 the moral story was at the end he, wound up, he, he, he felt he was being pressured, he wound up giving away all his money, that certainly was, was a bad outcome, of the Gemara's mashma over there, that even, the Chazim understands that the Gemara's mashma, that even to give away part of your estate, it, beyond the specific heter the Chazal get, the Chazal said, for the dowry, it would be awesome. So even part of your estate, which if you're taking away even part of your estate from the proper heirs, and giving it to someone else who's not your heir, like your daughter and son-in-law, even that is a problem, and, and, and that's something we should not be facilitating. You have the legal right to do it, but it's not appropriate even though the Gemara talks about sons specifically, the Gemara, the, the Mishnah of Abbasher says, has banav, that a person disinherited his sons, yarshav. it applies to any Yarshim, the fellow in the Chassam Sofer's Tshuva had no sons, he had other Yarshim, even that was usr. even that the Chassam Sofer says, it's Usir to take away any property from even a part of your estate, from the proper Yarshim, to give it to anybody else, even Tadaka, even Hectosh. Ramam says, Yarshav, the, 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 this problem, this Disapproval of the harm applies to any yarshim, to, dis- to, to disinherit any yarshim, even a part of the estate, even for the purpose of Tadaka, is all asr. The Khamsefer argues this at some length, that, that it applies to other yarshim as well, he, he argues in detail, he, he tries to prove it, good, we'll skip some of the details, but it's all asr. Omnam, he says, re'isi b'tashbats. Aside from the sheiltas, the tashbats is really, was really the first posik to engage with this question in any serious way, of what does this mean in practice, what do all these gemaras mean, the Tashbats has a tshuva where he seems to assume, he seems to rule, that as long as you leave over a substantial part of your estate for the real Yarshim, then the rest of it you can redistribute as, per, as your will. Tashpat is a fairly brief comment, but he writes as follows. He writes, he's referring to a certain shtar, a certain, uh, a certain type of will, that a, that a person gave the, the Yarshim revia Zahov, a quarter of a gold coin. Not sure how much a gold coin was in that time, but it was a fairly small amount, it was a nominal amount. He gave each one a revia Zahov, a quarter of a Zahov, and the rest of the money he disposed of in some alternate arrangement. Says the, says the Tashbats, do you think by doing that you can satisfy the concern of the disapproval of the Chachamim, they don't approve of disinheriting Yarshim? He says, because of this minimal, de de-min- minimis uh, distribution of a quarter of a Zov, that does not make the Chachamim happy with what you do. Leaving such a small token amount is meaningless. There is a certain amount you can give. If you give a larger amount, that's okay. What is the larger amount that satisfies the Chachamim? He says, V'tofesh taris l'rishonim zal zuzi. The we find precedent that in, in, in earlier sources they used to leave over four zuzim, and the gon says he brings from a tradition of a gon. That's because we want to make the chum and nochayim. He brings from the sefer the sefer eater, that the that leaving four zuzim is sufficient to make the chum happy. So again, it's not so clear what a quarter of a zav is and what four zuzim is, but the simple reading of the tashbat seems to be a quarter of a zav is too small. Four Zuzim is substantial, and if a person leaves over four Zuzim, that's enough to avoid the concern of Chazal, that Ein rucham no So even though the Gemara in seems to indicate otherwise, the Tashpats quotes a and quotes a eater who say that leaving over a minimal amount is not enough, but leaving over a substantial amount, even the amount of four Zuzim, is enough to have, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, you know, we say in Gadia. Abba the Abba betrays Zuzi, a goat was, cost two Zuzim. Throughout Chas, four Zuzim is typically used as a small amount, so it doesn't seem like a large amount. We'll see later. Ramosha suggested that $1,000 in, 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 in 1946, I think, would satisfy that number. So that you know, $1,000 then is you know, worth more than that now. But okay, so it's not a, it's not a vast amount, but it's a, uh, it's a significant amount. The Tashbat says four Zuzim. So the Chazam Sofer says, okay, so I have a Tashpath who says if I give them a chalik roi, if I give them a considerable an appropriate amount, then I have satisfied Chazal's concern about Yerusha, not like uh not like I said before. I said before that he, that, that giving over even part of the Yerusha, giving away even part of the Yerusha's asser, Tashpat says it's fine. Says the Tashbats that the says the Chazim Sofer, the Tashbats is not correct. He says he says the Tashbhat is not learning the eater correctly. He says the he says the he says the goes as follows. The eater first brings Agomar about the about people giving away money, people, people giving away money. Then he brings Irushalmi that says that Rafa Abba Ababar Mamal said that people who give away people who give away money that should have gone to the Yarshim, they, they're in violation of the Pasuk. It says, Vatiya vanosam al their their sins are on their bones. They, they they they're 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 sinful and they're being criticized. And then it brings uh, that brings a story if somebody gave money to Rav Bar as a custodian to hold his money for him. And then he says that that if my sons if my sons behave properly, you should give them half and hold on to the other half. His sons did not did not behave properly. He gave them half, and then they wanted the other half as well. And he told them, really, you don't deserve anything because. Uh, because you're not behaving properly, and he told me not to give it to you if you don't pay it properly. So, really, I should abide by his will. His will was that you don't get anything if you don't pay it properly. So, I'm being generous. I'm giving you at least half. Okay. And the eater says about that, and the eater says about the eater says about that that this apply, this concern of atiyah vanosum alatmosum it applies to sons to sons only sons, and it applies only if you don't give them anything. But if you give them something. And you give uh, other parts of the money you give away taniim or even tashirim that you're allowed to do. So the eater seems to say that uh, that 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 uh, that, uh, that the avera of atiyah does not apply if you give part of if a person gives part of the yerusha to his children. So so the, the, the Tashbats understood the Eater. This whole concern of Ein Ruch HaMenochei which the Tashpat apparently understood as the same as Vatiyah Vodosim al does not apply as long as the person gave a substantial amount of money to the Yarshin. Chasim Sofer disagrees, he has an intricate uh, reading of the eter the and the Yerushalmi and, and the, and the Chasim Sofer concludes that no, that actually the, there are two separate Yisurim Vatihav is anosim alatmosim is a much more is a much stricter much more severe language that only applies uh, to your son not other yarshim that only applies if you leave them nothing that's such a terrible thing vatihav anosim alatmosim their sins are on their bones that's a terrible terrible thing to do however he says even other yarshim like the rambam says and even uh, even, even 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 other yarshim and even and even uh, part of the Yerusha, even that is ein rocham giving anything away as per his diyk from the Gemara is still wrong. is still ein rocham and a chassid shouldn't get involved in such a thing. He says that the Dvar of Kayaman it works. It's not it's not an avera. It's, 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 if it was an avera, you shouldn't you, you shouldn't help him at all do it. This is not an avera. So if he was holding the picado, and he can he can give uh, he can give. Um, if, if that, that that this that that if if it, if it's if it's only part, he says, then it's not an avera, but it's still something which is ein Rukham no Again, he has, he has an intricate rereading of this yushalmi. We're not going to get into the details of the yushalmi and the eater, but he says that the even give the chassam sofer's conclusion is that the Tashpatz is wrong. That the Tashpatz, he, he claims he has a go and he claims he has an eater. The chassam sofer disagrees. The chassam sofer's very strict conclusion is la olam havi achsanta. The Chassam Sofer rejects the Teshbats. Other posts can accept it. The Choshin seems to accept the Teshbats. This is a major machlokus so whether we accept the Teshbats or not. The Chassam Sofer claims, and he seems to have a strong argument from the Gemara and that even giving away part of an estate violates this concern of the Chachamim. It might not be but even giving away even part of an estate is 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 menu. It is the wrong thing to do. So the Chassam Sofer. Is, is on the verge of concluding that you shouldn't give away any substantial part of your, of your estate at Tzedakah uh, in your will however he says <laughs> the minute is we do it he says someone who has no sons he, he, he makes arrangements he says to, to make his nechasim into a karen kayemes Tovim, to establish foundations and to endow, uh, endow mitzvahs and so on he says so what's the Heter? I just told you that it seems to me he says You should not do this, that a person should not take away any amount of money from his Yarshim, even even not his sons, even other Yarshim, and give it to Tzedakah. So how can the Minag be to do this? How can we justify the Minog? So he says, a very ingenious, a very clever, maybe a little too clever, but a very ingenious solution, he says, A person who dies childless, Hashem is angry with him. Obviously, people die childless through no fault of their own. Obviously, we aren't going to go around condemning people who die childless. Infertility is a real thing. And some people, through obviously, we're not recommending we go around telling people that if you don't have children, it must be because you're a Russian, Hashem is going to put you in Gehenna. That would obviously not be the way to go here. But the research a Gemara, it's not exactly clear what the Gemara means, but this is what the Gemara says, that a person is going to be called to account Again, it's not clear if, if the Gemara means that it's a, it's a reason, it's because we blame you for not having children, or it means it's a simon that Hashem is angry at you, and that's why he withheld children. Either way, it's a little unpalatable. Surely we don't go around telling people. We, 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 we all know people who are tzaddikim, and uh, pious and blameless individuals who, who, who did not merit to have children. It's one of these Gemaras that's a little difficult to understand, but this is what the Gemara says, that someone who has no children, Kashbar, Baruch, who is angry at him, and sentences him to Gehenim. Therefore, the Chasim Sofer says... People who are in this position, who have no children, they want to save themselves from Gehenim. Tdaka, Tdaka Taslamavis. And therefore the saddaka, you're really spending money on yourself. Ramosha Feinstein points out various weaknesses with this argument. He says that, okay, even those of us who have children have Averis. I mean, we've, we've all done some Averis. We we all we all have things that we need a kapara for. We all have sins that we need to expiate. So once you're accepting that a person who's childless has a hetero to give money to Tzedakah because he, has, he needs to avoid gehanim. So we all need to avoid gehanim for other things. Okay. But the Chazim sofer says that a person who has no children has a particular need to avoid gehanim. So he says, once, he, once he's doing it to avoid gehanim, who kodim la'atzvom a The person's not supposed to disinherit his Yarshim in favor of other people. But in favor of his own needs, of course a person's needs go first. And he says that the... That which the Gemara says... That you shouldn't be disinheriting children, even when you have no children, you shouldn't be inheriting other Yarshim, and so on. That's only if your purpose is to punish the, the, the people who are not knowing Kishura. If your purpose is, for redistributive purposes, because you think you know better than the Torah who should get the money, that you shouldn't do. Even if the child is a Rasha, maybe he'll have children who are Tzaddikim, the Gemara says. But if the reason is because you're, you're trying to avoid Gehenna, if it's because of, uh, you don't have children and you want a Kapara and a Tikkun for your Neshama, Brahmazak, that uh, Leslie, Bramazaka, Abba, a person who wants to avoid the Everest Hashem, because even if the children aren't you're allowed to do that. Even if the Yarshim aren't certainly uh, that's the minug. The Minag is a person who has no children, gives some of his money, be, uh, because he wants to avoid Gehenim. Kol Shalacha Halakha Halacha as we've said many, many times, minug plays a very strong role in Halacha. Then he says, furthermore, we can suggest another possible Heter, maybe all these concerns of the Gemara about disinheriting and transferring estates to other people, maybe all those concerns really only apply when a person gives the Matana at his death, a but if a person gives an inter vivos gift, a gift while he's alive, a Matnas Bari, that takes effect today, even if, the, even if he retains some residual interest in it, but if the basic Matana is being given today, then less lambah make like a living trust or something, if you make some kind of, some, some kind of gift where the, where the gift itself takes place while he's alive, then maybe the whole issue of Havaras Nachla does not apply, because B'chaim, while a person's alive, a person can do whatever he wants. That's also a svar in Nechon Eliashev That's also a nice svar, he says, but it's wrong, he says, because the Maring Suvas, the Maring Suvas about the dowry sugya, the Mar talks about making gifts while a person's alive. The Mar is talking about giving money away while a person's alive to his daughter, to his son-in-law, as a dowry, And still, the Gemara says it's aster, except for the specific hetzer to help the daughters get married, except for the specific hetzer that 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 to enable a girl to find a husband. Other than that, you should not give money away, even mechayim. So the Chassam Sofer overall, he's very strict. A, he says the 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 concern for avaris nachla for giving away the estate for transferring the estate, disposing of it differently from the Torah, it applies to to, with respect to any yarshim, not just sons. It applies even to part of an estate not just the whole estate. It, it applies, it doesn't matter if you leave a significant amount to the Yarshim or not, Tashbats is wrong. Except for the Heter or the Dowry. It applies even when you're giving money, even when you're giving money for the purpose of mitzvah. It applies even when you're doing it when you're still alive. Any attempt, obviously obviously, there's no ister in giving a birthday present or in giving a, uh, you know, obviously you're allowed to give tzedakah at some point in your life. Whatever doesn't mean you're never allowed to give any tzedakah, any gifts, any anything but he means a substantial transfer of a substantial portion of your estate to give it away to tzedakah instead of, uh, as a means of asset transfer, as a means of, again, it's not clear where you draw the line between ordinary tzedakah and, uh, and, uh, and estate planning, but once you cross the line into estate planning, even if it's only part of your estate, even when it's while you're still alive, that's all Asuri says, and the only Heter, he says, is either for dowry, as per the Gemara, or in the case of a person who's childless and has a particular pressing appointment with Gehenim, he says you can do that to avoid Gehenim. He says, and therefore, in, in our case, where it's where it's, where, where, the, where the person has no children, and uh, and you give your Yarshim a maniacal yarshim al-Kalpan and Mana Yafa, you leave them a substantial amount, and it's uh, and and you do it when he's alive, and it's for and it's someone who has no children. <laughs> With all these heterim together, you're allowed to do it. You, you the you Rav, you can cooperate with such a will. So he justifies the minog for people who have no children. But uh, that's pretty much it. Other than that, he doesn't think that a person should give, he doesn't seem to think that a person should give, a person should give money in his, in his estate at Stucca. He doesn't think a person should go around uh, earmarking that he certainly shouldn't be signing the giving pledge and giving large amounts of his estate at Stucca. The one exception is a person who feels he needs to avoid ganem. For this avera, maybe for other averas, so that's a person who can give money, set up set up some kind of endowment. But other than that, a person should accept the Torah's the Torah's disposition of his estate and not try to be smarter than the Torah and not try to give money to other people. The piskei challenges the Chasim sofer. The piskei says it's true. The chassam sofer has one gemara. The gemara that he has one gemara. The gemara in Basra, which says that even to Hektish, a person shouldn't give. His, even Tzedakah, a person shouldn't, give his, shouldn't dispossess his heirs. That's talking about all his estate, not part. The Gemara it talks about part of his estate. That Gemara is not talking about Tzedakah. So maybe, maybe either or is usher. To give all your money to Hector is Usr. To give even part of your estate to a non-charitable purpose, that's usher. Maybe if it's only part of your estate and it's for charity, maybe that's mutter. Okay, but the Chemsopher feels it's usher. The Chemsopher feels it's all wrong. It, you're allowed to do it. You, you have the legal authority to do it. But it's all against the ratzim chachamim. Every, it's generally aser to, to, to transfer any substantial part of your estate away from your heirs, even while you are alive. Even part of your estate, even to charity, it's all usr, with two exceptions: the exception of the gemara of dowry with the rules of dowries, and the exception of someone who has no children, where the minig is to do it, and he has a particular hetzer, a particular hetzer for that. So the chacham is is rather strict on this, and rather strict on this issue. The Ramosha Feinstein is considerably more lenient. Ramosha Feinstein has two chuvas on the topic, at least two chuvas, published in Igros Moshe Khalik Base, where he's much more tolerant of giving money away in of, 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 of giving money away in wills, charity, and so on. The two chuvas are printed out of order, as they often are. I'm not sure why. The second chuv the second, second Simon Nun, was written earlier in the year, Tufshin Chavav, in uh, in 1965, in Kislev of Tafshin Chavav, the first tshuva was written in Er Tuvshin Lamentes in 79. So 14 years later. Not sure why they're printed like that. But the, the second tshuva is longer and a little more involved. The Second tshuva, a person had three children. Two of them are not Shomrei Torah. They're Machal LeShabbos, but for they they're not raising their kids uh, for Torah and mitzvahs. He has a daughter who's intermarried, married to a married to a non-Jew. And some say she even shmaded. Fine. And the person wanted the person wanted to. And, and, he, and he, all, he also had uh, he had one son, one of his four children, three sons, two of whom were mechala shabbos, one son who was a shomer Torah mitzvah, and, uh, and and one daughter who was mar- intermarried. He made the son who was a shomer Torah the the executor or the responsible for the for the will. He gave every one of his sons a thousand dollars, and the grandsons he gave some money. As long as, but tonight they marry Jews, and they have their own money anyway. And he wants to know if, and uh, the rest of the money he gave away apparently, then he gave away to tzedakah. He wants to know if this violates avurayach santa. So first he discusses he discusses all the various questions we've been discussing. First he first he discusses whether whether if you give a, a substantial amount of money to the heirs does that and, and the rest you give away to tzedakah does that violate avurayach santa. He brings the tashbats, who brings from the of the eater, that that's okay, as long as he give of Zuzi, which is a substantial amount, that's okay. He brings the Chasim Sofer, who disagrees. He says, it's okay. He brings the beschei Then he says, uh, what about tzedakah? Is, 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 is there, it does, the, is, does the problem of, of havaras nachla of avuriach santa, does that apply to tzedakah? He says, your motion, no, it does not. Unlike the Chasim Sofer, he says, no, the, 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 the Chazam Sofer's whole assumption is wrong. Giving money to tzedakah does not violate the strictures about redistributing your estate. Pashit, person who gives money to tzedakah, vadei lo lesser, because you yourself, he says, you're allowed to give money to tzedakah, he says, that, the, that you're allowed to give large sums for tzedakah, he says, you shouldn't give too much, we don't want you to become poor, but when you die, the marukhva gemara, that's different, he says. So he says, the, you're, fundamentally speaking, you're allowed to give you're allowed to give money to Tzedakah, he says, that there's that, that, no issue in giving even large sums of money, that you're, that you're allowed to give even large sums of money to Tzedakah. So he says, so he discusses the Chazam Sofer. He says, what I, what I mentioned earlier, he says, according to the Chazam Sofer, that you're allowed to do it because you want to avoid Gehenim, he says. Even people who have children could have aunshim uh, for other misa, they say. Rabbi Yochum and was a great tzaddik, and he was, uh, he was worried about Gehenim, the Gemara says, and in another context, everyone has to avoid Gehenim. So everyone has a hetero to give Tzedakah. So the Chilica of the chasim Sofer, that it's the only person who's allowed to give substantial amounts of money to charity in his will is someone who has no children, is Tzorach and Gadol. And Yishlitz Mechladina, Ramosha disagrees, Ramosha says a person can be some Mechladina, that even someone who has children is allowed to give money to Tzedakah, he's doing a mitzvah, he should give a davar Chashiv to his children and his Yarshim, as per the Dalad Zuzm of the tashbats. You should, you, should, you should abide by the tashbats and give a substantial amount of money to your Yarshim. Even without, even without the, and even without Gehenem, he says, even if we accept the Chesom Sofer, everyone has to avoid Gehenim. And beyond that, he says, it's mutter to give tzedakah, just l'shem mitzvah, even without the concern for Gehanim. The person wants to get more mitzvahs, it's, it's, it's good for your soul, he says. And therefore, he says that in, in, in his particular case, the case he was asked about, with a person in his will, he gave each son $1,000. We don't care about the grandchildren, they're not the Yarshim Alpidim Torah but the, he gave each son $1,000 in 1965, that is, whatever Dalad is, or Moshe assumes, adjusted for inflation, whatever Dalad whatever Zehuvim is, $1,000 in 1965, in in Tavshin Chavav, is definitely, he says, a, a, a substantial amount to avoid the concern of havariz nachla, and therefore, you're allowed to give away the rest, even though it's the lion's share of the estate, even if a person has children who are tzaddikim. That, that's before we even get into the question that his children were some of them were mechal and so on. But even if he had good children, he says, the halacha is, once you leave them all a substantial amount, a thousand dollars qualifies, you're allowed, you're allowed to give away the rest of the nechasa. In the previous tshuva, the, the, the one 14 years later, in Tavshin Lamates, the shorter tshuva, he says, in this case, the shoel had no children, no sons. He says, certainly, he says, the... So, so relatives, he says, certainly relatives who are B'nai he says, are, 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 it, they, they should have precedence in getting the money. He says, you should... Uh, certainly, those you had a connection to, those, you, those who were, you raised in your home, he says, have a... Uh, have a, have, a, have a certain priority. Also, he says, you should prioritize based on need, that the ones, the ones who have greater needs, larger families, more expenses, and so on, the ones who have other money, take into account all kinds of practical considerations, he says. What about giving money to tzedakah? A person wants to know he's going to give some of the money to his various relatives based on need, based on personal connection. What about giving money to most of Torah? He says, very good idea. Moshe says, Ratsun tov it is a very good idea to give money to Torah institutions. It is For Moshe's recommendation is give a third to Moshe's Torah and two-thirds to your relatives who are Bnei themselves, who are Taurasim and who are full-time Torah scholars and they're needy, he says. Even if they're not strictly poor, he says, but if, they, if they're not you know, well-off either, he says, that's, uh, that if, if money's tight, they're not strictly Aneim, but they can use more money, they're, 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 they struggle that uh, they can live more comfortably, that, 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 that's appropriate, two-thirds should go to them, one-third to Torah institutions. However, he says, if a person does have Yarshim Yidu, a person has known relatives, maybe not sons, but he has brothers and, cousins, nephews, and, uh, and nephews and and nephews and, and so on, he says, then you have to be concerned with the Samti. you can't just go around willy, willy-nilly giving money to to yeshivas, he says, because Ein Rucham nal you can't just go around giving money to Good causes away from your away from your relatives. Now, you have the tashpats. He says you have the tashpats. Who says as long as you as long as you uh, as long as you leave dollars Zuzim, as long as you give a substantial amount to the to the to the real yarshim, you can give away the rest. That's Tamuah, like the chassam sofer said. That the that is a concern for avuri Santa. That that even a dowry, even a normal dowry, if not for the heter of the dowry, if, if you're not doing it according to the heter of the dowry of chazal, is uh, is a problem. It's a problem of Avuri Santi. Even though that's, even though that he certainly uh, gave the left the Yarshim more than for Zuzim, the dowry wasn't going to be his whole. Uh, wasn't going to be his whole estate? He says. He says. So you, you see, even a small amount is wrong. So the Tashpats is, is difficult. However, he says that is what the Tashpatz says, and the Tashpatz is a major posik. So therefore, he says you have that to be Selmechan. That as long as you leave some of the money to the Yarshim, even though the Gemara is not mashm like that, you have the Tashpats that we can be somek on the Tashbats and give away the rest at Staka. And how much is that? So in Ramosh's other tshuva, he had suggested that $1,000 in 1965 would be good enough. Here he says the recommendation is give the Yarshim a chomesh, give the Yarshim a fifth of the, of the estate. That's certainly a Dever Chashiv for whatever marish. but however much you have, 20% of your estate is a, is a considerable amount. And the other four-fifths he says you can give... You can give, uh, give four-fifths, you know, of, four, of the other 80%, he says, of that you give a, a third to Moses and Torah, a third to yeshivas, and so on, and two-thirds you give to Krovim and Torah Kidleil. Krovim in this context means they're not the closest to Yarshim. They're you know, relatives, cousins, you know, third cousins who are somewhat connected to you but are not really your Yarshim. You have nephews or brothers who are closer. So he says, the first thing to do is you can't disinherit your immediate Yarshim. Your immediate yarshim, your, your closest yarshim, your brothers, your nephews, whatever they are, your closest yarshim have to get yerusha. According to the chasam sefer, they have to get pretty much all the yerusha. According to the tashpats, it's enough if you give them a substantial amount, either a thousand dollars or a fifth of the estate. So that's Ramosh's conclusion in his later tshuva. Give the closest yarshim, uh, give the closest yarshim twenty percent to the estate. The rest of the money you can do good works with. Of those good works, his recommendation is give a third to tzedakah, particularly the tzedakah of Torah institutions, in his case, and the other two-thirds, you can support more distant family members who are not strictly speaking your heirs, but who have some familial connection to you and have some level of need and are uh, deserving Torah scholars, that's also a worthy use of your money. So just in conclusion, getting back to uh, revisiting the, this argument between Rabbi Silver and Rav Shechter. Rabbi Silver downplays Ramoshe, dismisses Ramoshe as you know some later authorities. He says the Iker in and uh, you know the, that that the ikar the and many postkim is that the that uh, that he, he wants to say to give half or maybe a third of your of your estate to, to tzedakah maybe is okay, but uh, even that has to be on your own. No one's allowed to advise you to do that. That the uh, that 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 that, that that Ramoshus Chuvis, he says, are, uh, are he, again, he, call, he calls them as, you know, later post him disagreeing with the Chassam Sofer, but the Chassam Sofer is much stricter, as we saw, the Chassam Sofer said he shouldn't give any substantial amounts at tzedakah, except in the case where a person has no children, with a special disposition to avoid Gehenim. but in general, he says that the, that, 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 that in general, we do not allow any immediate heirs to be disinherited in favor of charity, although again, even Rabbi Silver agrees that we're allowed to give uh, up to a third, and maybe up to a half of the of the, of Yomari Tzadaka. Again, the Ramah says you can give pretty much whatever you want, all, or almost all money Tzadaka. He doesn't like, he doesn't like the Ramah. He says that the, the Rambam, the Torah, the Shulchan Aruch, it's Muchach from the Gemara, the Mishnah. he says, and, and he thinks it's mustaver, And maybe a third, according to the Sheolta, is that you can do. A third Tzadaka is okay, but the, but you shouldn't do more than that. Rav Shachter like like the like, also says the Minog was to do it. Rav Shakhtar thinks that dismissing the Ramad, dismissing the Minog Yisrael, dismissing all this in favor of what you think is the ikur and the sugya is uh, is is not is is, is is not the way to go. Rav Shakhtar says that the Rav Shakhtar says that that we know it's the minhug that we uh, again Rav Shakhtar has detailed detailed discussions of uh, of uh, detailed discussions of, of, of some of these sugyas. That uh, again, he he does you know, most of what he says involves technical points, but his basic point is that there is a. As, as I, as I ran in the beginning, he says that if, if you're rejecting the view of some later rabbis who base their opinions on erroneous interpretations, that takes a lot of plaitus. He says you shouldn't just write lang- articles in English language journals that that are against the Masera, that are against major later postkim just because you fail the Iker sheet of the Rishonim is, uh, is stricter. You, you can't just do that. You can't. Ju- you can't just. Uh, but even Rav Schechter agrees you can't totally disnare one's relatives there were different traditions as to how much you have, you have to leave them something meaning anything something significant a half, a third so Rav Schechter says he doesn't know why it should be improper to discourage someone to follow this Jewish tradition once we accept that, once we accept that fundamentally it's Mutter to give that, that's really I think the Iker Machlokas between Rav Schechter and Rabbi Silver they all agree that the story of Marukva which, which the Shilta says is Halacha is that a person is allowed to give a substantial amount to tzedakah? Hasam Sofer has an elaborate justification of why, but but the, the Minog and the Marukva story and the sheiltos all say that a person is allowed to make a substantial amount of money to tzedakah. Rav also agrees you shouldn't give away all, you shouldn't sign the giving pledge, you shouldn't give away all your money to tzedakah. But uh, Rav says why why should it be improper to encourage someone to follow this minog It's a story in the Gemara. It's a Minug, It's, a, it's an old minog Yiskar is a very old minug to, to give substantial amounts of money. To, uh, to to get to get money on behalf of a mace, the mace himself, or on money on behalf of a mace. So Rabbi Silver takes the remarkably strict position that that even even the amount sanctioned by Marukva, even the amount sanctioned by the Sheltus, is a reasonable compromise. He kind of grudgingly accepts, but only if the decision is made on his own. Nobody's allowed to encourage you to do that. Here, I think Rabbi Silver is fundamentally wrong. It's true the Gemara says, the Rabbim says, the Shulchan Aruch says that, that when, when something is against the Ratz and the Chachamim, no Chassid should be involved, that's when it's wrong, when, when, when it's not for its when, when you shouldn't be doing it. Even though you're allowed to do it, it's technically illegal, no one should advise you, no one should cooperate. With something that's mutter, like Marokva, like the Minag, it's unclear why there should be anything wrong with that. Rabbi Silver has this very, very strange, very strict view that no one should, no one should, and you should only reach that decision on your own, nobody's allowed to convince you to leave any part of your estate. That, I think, is not supported by the sugya that, uh, it's true, that Gemara and Kisuvah says you shouldn't be involved in the Avuriyach Santa, that's when it's not tzedakah, that, that, that That's when it's just disinheriting. That, thing, Mara felt, when it's not dowry and not disinheriting, it seems to me, and at least on the limited research I've done to this point, that is not really supported by the sugya here. This is Rav Schechter's fundamental point that since everyone agrees you're allowed to give at least a certain amount to tzedakah, there's nothing wrong with rabbis or accountants or charity agents or friends encouraging you to do so.